mi gente, welcome to Peruvians of USA, the podcast where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. This is your host, Natalie Sofia, and this community was born from the need to create a space for Peruvian immigrants to come together, to support each other, to learn from each other, and to document our stories. The stories our guests share with us are deeply personal and paint a new portrait of what it means to be a Peruvian immigrant. I hope you receive these stories with an open heart and an open mind. So let's get started. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to Province of USA. This is Natalie Sofia, and this is a bonus episode that I'm bringing to you. On this episode, my husband and I get honest about the challenges of being parents. We became parents earlier this year, and I've been wanting for us to sit together and reflect on what the journey has been for both of us. This conversation with my husband was an impromptu interview. We didn't rehearse. He didn't even know what the questions were. And the questions we actually reflected on were questions I had written for myself to journal on. Also on this episode, Marcus, my husband calls me out for not having more questions focused on the positive aspect of parenthood. And there are certainly positive and beautiful moments in parenthood with my baby, with my family. So I don't want anybody to think that it's a negative experience because it's not. I think I just wanted to get really honest about the tough moments because Sometimes, you know, in social media, we only see the positive side things. And I think that's great and that's wonderful. And there are some things we can learn from that. But I think there's also value in sharing that then that's a pretty moment. So overall, postpartum for me has been a positive experience. I think one of the reasons it has been the positive is because my husband and I had built a strong communication foundation and we really prepared a lot for postpartum. We will have a separate episode where we share how we prepare for postpartum. And this is something I think that would be valuable for the community. This is a special episode. We get very vulnerable. There are some tears in this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way for the podcast to grow, for other Peruvian and non-Peruvians to find the podcast, and also for us to bring more guests. So let me read to you one of my favorite reviews from Apple Podcasts. Let's see. So this was actually written in March of last year, and it says, Incredible Podcast. As a half-Peruano who is on a journey of cultural discovery, this podcast has been incredibly inspiring and informative. I recognize myself in the story share and walk away with a renewed appreciation for La Cultura Peruana y La Experiencia Inmigrante. Cannot recommend this show enough and cannot wait for new episodes. Thank you so much to the user that wrote this review. It means a lot to me, so please, 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 if you have a chance, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Really highly appreciate it. And actually, I'm planning to pick a review during the holiday season. And as a giveaway, I will have them pick a merch from our online store. So you can check out our online store at peruviansofusa.com slash shop. And you can see our merch there. Any support is greatly appreciated. All right. So let's get into this episode. I really hope you like it. If you do you know, comment away in, in our social media, tag me. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Marcus. Thank you for of USA. This is um, a last minute episode that I wanted for us to talk about parenthood. Um, originally, this idea was to bring you in at the six month mark of being parents, but you know, we're parents, so we can't really plan. <laughs> we don't have a say in our schedule anymore. It's ruled by a little tiny human. So I just, I'm big on reflections for my own personal life and as just a couple when I was parents. So it's just reflections on reflections on reflections, which I'm sure you enjoy. 
You don't say everything. Everything changes all the time. So I never know what's a dynamic thought or question. <laughs> okay. So I have not rehearsed We have not rehearsed Um, It's just off the cuff. I think that's the saying. So we'll talk about being parents up to now, which would be almost eight months. Let's see how this goes. Uh, first, what was the lowest point so far? Easy question. <laughs> or if you want to type something, I can go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the low, low points in general are just seeing Natalie struggle or be emotional about things she doesn't have as much control over or realizing that something would be harder than, than she realized and the things that I can't help as much with on the physical side, it's, it's hard to see. And then there are things that I could do better or do more, or, you know, there's been, you know, we don't, we only have so much sleep to go around. So just feeling a little bit powerless is, is always tough. Yeah. Could you give an example, of like a low point? So like people who are becoming parents, FYI, <laughs> what a yeah. low point looks like. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're not going to super. <laughs> Um, example would be, I mean, I'll, yeah, we, we struggle a little bit to find childcare and agreeing on what's important to us and, and we want to spend time with our daughter. And so, you know, there are certain breaking points where maybe our daughter falls or something happens, right? And knowing whether it's the provider that we chose together or the situation we put our daughter in and just reacting to that. And so there's a lot of emotions involved with how do we just choose. We have, we're working with nannies in our home as opposed to daycare. And yeah, there's just a lot of emotions and different decisions that are gone into that whole situation. And so, it, you know, I've seen that badly get emotional when something like that happens and you don't know how to respond make a drastic change or just focus on child first of all is is the most important but things happen right so you're not going to be able to everything and just going through those trade-offs is tough yeah yeah for me so that that was definitely a low point another low point earlier in parenthood was when i had to sort of it was at the cusp of almost starting going back to work and also trying to figure out helping my dad figure out his retirement, like what that process looks like, how does Medicare work? And and then, you know, just being a mom, that was a very stressful moment. And that I think also being, and, and some some members of the audience might relate, being like the, the whole like first daughter of immigrants, like you tend to do a lot for your family. But when you become a mom, that you need, like I had to start to set stronger boundaries with my own family. And it's not like they were demanding time for me to say like, hey, you still have to continue to do everything you did before you became a mom. But I think we're, I was so used to putting that pressure on myself and, and not having those boundaries um, that I wanted to still help my parents in the same way I was able to before. Still be the friend, the wife, and like the mom and be a good mom. And, and it's just like, that's just not going to right. And so for me, that was a low point. And, and and realizing that I, I couldn't do it all and I had to start setting boundaries and I had to enlist other people's help, right? And so my brother rose to the occasion and, and he took on a lot of the sort of figuring out how to help my dad 
figure out his like retirement benefits and all of that. Yeah, I would say that was also a little point. What was the hardest? What was the hardest part about going back to work? Uh, the hardest initially, the hardest part of going back to was feeling that like my time is more is better served spending time with my baby. So, like my job started to feel like the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. Is this really the biggest impact? Am I going going to have with my time and energy? Right, a spreadsheet a PowerPoint presentation, a meeting that could have been an email, <laughs> things like that, right? So maybe my time would be best teaching my daughter more words or talking to her in Spanish or teaching her how to sit and how to crawl. Like, I think when you have a kid, you'll see the return on your effort maybe more immediately than at work. And it's also, you're more invested anyway, right? So that was, that was hard because I had to... I, I, I spend several days or weeks, I don't know, and maybe I still do it where I'm like, um, is this where I want to invest my time and energy? I recently put it, uh, shared, I recently posted in my personal Instagram <laughs> saying that whatever I choose to do that takes me away from my baby has to be meaningful and has to be worth it because I don't have time to waste anymore. Like it can't just be something mediocre. I think when you have a kid, that becomes very clear where you're like, it's either my baby or whatever I'm doing is going to, it's going to be that. It's going to be meaningful and worth it. Right. So, yeah. Um, all right. So I wrote, this is the question I wrote maybe mostly for myself, but it says, uh, there are moments when you cry for no reason. So I've definitely had crying in motherhood for no reason. It feels for no reason, but there's a, there is a reason. Um, you've definitely had found me crying for no reason, and I have seen you with, with our baby, <laughs> with our baby, uh, you know, get teary. So, why? Yeah, I mean, even just think about it now, the moments when you cry. I think for me, it usually has to do either with music, hearing a song with her, and thinking about it differently, or seeing... Yeah, it's an emotional experience. Yeah, seeing her cry. Or even just... Okay. Um, yeah, walking away for a moment and seeing that she was looking for you or depending on you for something. And yeah, just reacting to that stuff to see. Because... In those moments, that's when you can control it, right? You're going to do something, get a bottle, I think about if something bigger happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think when becoming a parent, it, you experience a lot of joy, but you also experience a lot of fears. So at least for me, you start, like to your point, you can control now. And when you allow your mind to wonder and think about worst case scenario so other things happen in it it's a very scary feeling and a very scary moment i know for me it's been moments when i see how perfect this little human is how joyful and healthy and radiant and the thought that anything could change that um it's hard 
And then it also makes you see other people as like someone's baby. Like at some point they were this precious little human and then something in life uh, made them now, however they are, right? A tough person, a person with a lot of grief or a person with a lot of resentment. I think when you get to see the beginning of a person's life and then you not necessarily see the end of a person's life, but like you see people who are struggling for whatever reason. Um, that's hard to imagine our daughter experience that at a later point. And as a parent, I think you try to, at least I know, like, I, know, I mean, I guess we say we, I know at least for me, sometimes I spend um, a middle of the night trying to figure out how to minimize that risk for her, right? But um, can't control everything. And so, um, we had to focus on, on now. Um, yeah. Um, just as we kind of touched this with the first question, the third question is, what has been the toughest part of being a parent? And that is so the same as the lowest point, but. Yeah. Or a dad, maybe specifically. Um, yeah, my answer when this question comes up is, you know, do you like, people ask, do you like being a dad? You know, I, I love seeing our daughter and spending time with her and doing small things, cleaning up and changing diapers. Like that's, um, I, I enjoy that stuff. What's tough is for me, I, I, I lean more towards, you know, I spend 40 hours a week ish <laughs> working. And the toughest part is not knowing how long something take or the time having uninterrupted time, even when you're at the office, you're just more distracted or things take longer or you're not thinking as clearly. So for me, Monday morning comes and it's, you know, you've been up for six or seven hours at 9am and you <laughs> need to do something. And what used to took take two or three hours and they, yeah, you don't know, maybe you just need an hour to like collect yourself and remember where you left off, you know, 48 hours ago, which used to be two days now it's sing single hours <laughs> right so uh, that's the tough part for me is knowing how long something will take um and then there's always something that that can kind of eclipse what you thought was important yeah yeah it's funny like yeah 48 hours just like a week ago <laughs> if i say i'm gonna get back to you tomorrow expect me to get back to you in a week <laughs> so, um so when you're at work so i have the luxury to work from home but you know until now and I get to interact with her during the day. And sometimes I send you like photos or things like, is that helpful or is that more distracting? And you, I mean, you can be honest, right? Um, it's helpful. There's only been a few occasions where I feel like jealous or kind of question what I'm doing, but yeah, in general, it's helpful. I think you always kind of struggle with do I want to, you know, go into a 20 minutes, half an hour of like no distractions and then come up and respond to things? Or do I want to always be available? Because mm -hmm. there's always an emergency, but there's always many non-emergencies and right. going back between the two is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, the toughest part being a mom specifically, I think it's been... Um, Mm 
there have been a lot, I guess I passed because there, there have been a lot of different things that have made it tough. The thing that comes to mind, the first thing that comes to mind is breastfeeding. I knew that it, it's something that a lot of women struggle with and they're hard on themselves. So like in the beginning, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't setting high expectations with me and breastfeeding. I think there was a time when maybe when we got the nanny originally or I was getting ready to, or I started working out where I didn't breastfeed as regularly as I could have to maintain my milk supply. And so then my milk supply dipped a lot. And I think like, this is, the, this is my thought, right? Like I think like, oh, you should have maintained a regular schedule of pumping and breastfeeding. So your milk supply would have continued. And then that way you would have done more breast milk than formula. Uh, because I did have breast milk available to me. I know that for some women, they struggle at the very, from the very beginning, but I didn't like, I struggled because of the pain. I was like, you know, the, the actual nursing, but it wasn't actual lack of milk. I didn't have that at the beginning, but it was a life choice. Right. And so. I feel selfish. And I wasn't. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Um, discipline enough, right, to um, do this for my child. <laughs> um, but I also think about like if other women come to me and was like, "Oh, I couldn't do it," or "I quit because of X, Y, Z reason," I wouldn't judge them because it is very hard and it is very demanding on your schedule. And yes, a woman can breastfeed. Like that could be like only breastfeed is that's really her only job right like because it's it's very demanding on your body and you have to do every two hours and that means you get no sleep and then when are you going to work out i don't know how working out and nutrition and all of that impacts breastfeeding right and so yeah so it just feels like i had more control about preventing my milk supply to drop and i chose for personal reasons because i wanted to start working out for my mental health and all of that that i you know, I allow my milk supply to drop. So the, the questions like that, like decisions where you're like, this is, if I choose this path, it's the best path for my baby. If I choose this path, it's the best path for me. But I think there's a middle one where you're like, okay, well, you know, this middle one is still good for my baby, but it's also good for me. And if I, as a mom, am doing well, then chances are the baby is going to do well. So that's kind of my takeaway from it. But it's still painful and hard to not judge myself as a mom that I, I did something that maybe was not 100% in the best interest of just my child, mm-hmm. but also in the interest of my own health, right? So, okay, fourth, <laughs> question four. How has your worldview changed, if at all? Or how becoming a parent has changed you? Um. In general, in terms of worldview, I, I guess I'm going to take this more as kind of employment and general public support. But yeah, like the U.S., we don't do a lot for parents, for families. Um, I have I have the, the good fortune to be in a pretty stable job and has fits and a lot of support. But I was the first person to benefit from our parental leave policy. And that's crazy. And that's 2023, like a pretty competitive market. And 
you know, it was a month off, which was definitely helpful and very helpful for that. But if, you know, two, two people earning income both have to work and you don't have that luxury or don't have time off, I don't know how you can go through having one or multiple kids and not have something fall through the cracks or have your job performance suffer. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty deplorable. I think how much is expected from employers or from people in general, just to rise to the occasion. So definitely want to be more supportive. I have my own small business and we don't, <laughs> we don't have very many benefits, but it's something I just want to be conscious of in the future if I am in leadership or management position. In terms of how being a parent has changed me, just priorities, looking more towards the future, financially, life insurance, all those things that were a consideration, but not necessarily important or top of mind become, become more important. Um, how has it changed my worldview? I mean, I'm embarrassed to say this, but like children have become more visible to me before having my own kid. Children were kind of in the background for me. One of my friends said like, well, I used to, whenever I saw a cute dog, a cute dog or a puppy, I would react. And my friend said like, since becoming a mom, I don't react to dogs. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, so like children have become to the front, to the front view for me. And I do see more adults as like someone's kids or someone's baby. I do see more as like these adults who are walking around hurt in this world were this perfect baby once upon a time. And then life kind of shaped them into like a person who's now struggling with whatever. It has also shifted my purpose in a way before. I guess I'll talk in another podcast what I what my purpose has been. I always felt like I had purpose. I definitely am not a person who said like my kid brought purpose to me, but I do say that my baby has shifted my purpose. And I think I want to, similar to what Marcus said, I want to get more involved, but particularly for me at the national level where we can make maternal leave. Oh, maternal leave? Maternal. No, that's for just maternal. Parental. Parental. Oh, just parental leave. But I mean, I actually want it focused on like I do think. It should be parental, but I want maternity leave to be a thing, a law in the U.S. Because when just going through birth and then postpartum and then reading stories of women having to go back to work after three days, it's in this country, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand why we don't protect moms that way. And also just to, to think about like these little babies. Not having their mother for like not having their mother um hundred percent of the time, um especially at the very beginning when that they need their mom so much um and at the very beginning it could be i don't know like people saying six weeks, people say twelve four weeks or whatever it is I mean to be honest, our baby's almost eight months, and I still she still needs that and she's having this part for a very long time, but it's just ridiculous that we don't have that in in this country and and there are different organizations that are working towards making this happen and States are working at the state level for state employees, right, to have this. And it's something that I don't necessarily think that small businesses need to pay the bill to have their employees covered for maternity or paternity or parental leave. 
we subsidize things with our taxes, weapons for war. <laughs> Why don't we take some cuts from that and like try to figure out how we can help parents out, right? And we're very lucky. Like I'm not asking this for me or like or us. We're we're very lucky. We're in a fortunate position, but it just gave me a, a firsthand experience of what it could be if we didn't have these resources. And I feel for families who don't. So yeah, so I would say that has been added to my worldview, to my purpose in life to, to help other parents out, but particularly other moms. And then how, how has becoming a mom changed me? The best way I can explain it is this. nothing has made me believe, nothing has made me want to believe there's afterlife as becoming a mom. Because, yeah, I grew up Catholic, I grew up religion, we believe in heaven, earth, obligatory. <laughs> and sometimes I question all of that, right? I question like, oh, is that real? But becoming a mom is like, I never want to leave my child. And if for whatever reason, you know, I have to, or I want to believe that there's an afterlife. I want to believe that there's, that I can still stay connected to, to my child. And so it has, it has made me, well, it has made me believe more in a higher power, which is really interesting. And then I think it's because. As a parent, you feel like you can't control everything. So then you just pray that there is somebody or something who is able to protect your child when you can't. So, yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> oh, do you have a follow-up? No. Okay. Uh, what's one lesson you wanted our baby to learn from you? Yeah, uh, one lesson, I think. In the day-to-day sense and in the grand sense is just to leave a situation, leave this this world better than when you found it. So that's you know, as little as, you know, treating your neighbor as yourself, right? Like, so being courteous, if you are doing something, try and clean up after. That's kind of a reminder I'll give her, like saying, what are we doing now? We're, you know finished that time, but we still need to clean up because that's part of it. But in the grander sense, yeah, find something that you are passionate about and skilled at, and ideally maybe gives you some financial, financial return, but yeah, try and make whatever field you choose better than when you found it. I think that's great. Um. For me, um, lessons, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't have one lesson. I have many, <laughs> um, but if I had to like limit, right, one, not the first one, this is not in any order, particular order, but like one of them is prayer. I do think prayer works. And so I would want her to have a prayer practice, whether that's praying with community or praying through writing or praying through just like an intimate moment with that or praying in nature, whatever whatever that looks like for her. The other one would be to enjoy life. I grew up in, I saw tough situations. And so I always heard life is hard, life is hard. And life is hard at moments. And I don't want her to lose sight that, yes, life will have hard moments, but there's also a lot of joy in life. And I don't want her to just think that the hard time will be forever, that there's always, it it comes in waves, right? So like, Know that the hard moments will go or will end and then 
good times will come. And so just to like know that, but also make sure that she is creating those joyful moments for herself. And then I guess the last one, if I have to keep it to three, <laughs> uh, would be to, and this is something where I and you, I want us to like um, encourage it from a young age or, or, or like, I, and I don't know what the answer is, but like for me as a woman, as a little girl, it took me until my mid-20s or end of my 20s to like really understand my beauty. And obviously like, you know, it comes in waves too. Like it's not like a, it's a permanent thing, but it like, I really, it really took me that long to like understand that I don't look like whatever model is in the cover of whatever magazine, but that doesn't take away what somebody could see the beauty in you. And that, didn't, that doesn't take away of me seeing my own beauty. Um, and I can't believe it's about that long. And so I want her to see that in herself and not depend on anybody um, to validate that for her. And I think we have a role in that, right? I think our families have a role in that. So yeah, so I would say those three lessons, right? Prior, enjoy life and see your own beauty. Um, yeah. Um, one question I had just following up. I mean, something we haven't, really talked about you mentioned kind of two spiritual things prayer and afterlife, afterlife. <laughs> but something we've talked about a lot is, is that something that you end up internalizing or i guess more of a self-reflection yeah i'm just curious what do you mean where it's where's it coming from yeah yeah it's definitely so I, it's definitely more um internal it's something i reflect on um, I, the way I think about it is that my relationship with God is my relationship with God. It's private. And so I do think that sometimes I get a lot of value of worshiping in community, but it's not a necessary thing for me because like, I think I've shared this with you before where I used to travel a lot and there were moments and trips where I could be in the middle of a busy city and I feel connected to God. I could be looking over a mountain and I could feel connected to God. Or I could literally be given a ride by a stranger because I lost the last train I needed to take. And I feel like this is God talking to me, being like, there are good people in the world. So like for me, that's how I talk to God, like in those private, really private moments. Um, but that's my way of it, so I don't, yeah. Um, all right. So this that num question number six, how have I supported you in your transition to fatherhood? <laughs> I'm laughing because my part of me is like, um, I'm the one who needs to be supported. <laughs> I feel like this is, uh, that <laughs> but it's true. It's true, right? Like you have supported me, but I also, I'm not like crazy enough to think that you don't need support as well. Cause I, so I'm just going to say this. Yes. Moms need a lot of support. And your first line of defense is your partner, but your partner is not invincible and he or she will need, or they will need support as well. So how have I supported you, but also how have you received support from others? Because I can't support you. <laughs> I definitely received support from, from Natalie. Uh, I think a lot of it in terms of, and this is something I can definitely approve and, and trying to 
improve as we go through this is realizing when I'm at a limit or need some time to do whatever, you know, think by myself or go for a walk or, um, yeah, when I need help. So it's something that Nellie shouldn't have to do. And I don't want her to have this as another thing on her mind. I know she consciously looks for signs and, um, indications that it may need. Usually for me, I recharge by being alone social. She'll protect that by offering to go for a walk or saying like, why don't you spend some more time in the office today, which is a subtle way of oh, <laughs> saying like, you're not where you need to be. Um, why don't you work on yourself? <laughs> um, but yeah, I appreciate that. How have you been supported by others? By others? Um, I think a lot of it is accepting help and realizing you can't do everything. So yeah, I think more outside of the home, I haven't had as much of people coming to visit or kind of helping us day to day. And I, I think that's because, well, I haven't asked and also it's a sensitive area, right? We don't want to invite lots of people in and we don't want to have people who say they're going to help and just be another body to break out. Mm -hmm. So that's been a little bit conscious as well as, as well of, I'm not going to ask someone to help who clearly, <laughs> you know, has its private kids or things like that. But yeah, I, I guess just trusting people to do what they say will, they will do in terms of my job and uh, I mentioned part-time business leaning on my, my business partner, leaning on coworkers and kind of just leaving it as it is and, and knowing that they will rise to the occasion. Yeah. Oh, for me, how, uh, how have you supported me? Um, I mean, immensely <laughs> from the very beginning, you had been, you have listened to what I fear about this process, what I wanted that put in place to prevent, uh, or just to set us for set up, set us up for success. Even just that being willing to have those conversations, listening, being willing to get the, you know, training or coaching that we got with that postpartum doula and the classes we took going to work or talking through like a postpartum plan, which I'll do another episode about <laughs> that, the fact that you are know your way around like domestic chores at home, right? I, I don't have to be like, this is how you use the washing machine. And this is how you use the dishwasher. Like there are women who do that. And like, you know, and then props to your mother. <laughs> 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 for raising you in a way that you know how to be in a, a functioning adult. That, that in itself, right? Like it's, it has been very helpful. The fact that you don't shy away from doing back time with our baby, like changing her dressing her like there's some dads who are like i don't know how to dress her like and the fact that you're learning how to do her hair you know those 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 things are very helpful that you are not afraid to stay alone with her you know when i went on a short trip to vegas <laughs> and that's sorry for another episode um or when i want to hang out with friends or go get a massage or whatever like i 
I try, I trust her with you, you know? Um, and that's something that a lot of moms can't say. Like a lot of moms, they're like, oh, I have to tell my husband when to feed her, when to feed the baby because he will know. Or I have to tell them like how to do X, Y, Z. And I, I feel like I can just leave and I don't give you a list because you know what to do. I mean, that's incredible as a dad. I mean, you're meeting a minimum right. standard of a mom, but as a dad. It's not that incredible. <laughs> if you compare it to a mom, that's like the minimum. But if you compare it to the average dad, that's incredible. Right. And I think that's how you, how have you supported me? And then the other pieces, which you mentioned earlier, where like, yeah, I tend to read you, like try to read you. So I definitely appreciate when you are verbal about like how you're feeling or if you're tired, if you're, you just need time to yourself. Because um, as a mom, I'm already doing that for her. I'm watching her constantly. How is she feeling? What does she, what does she need? Sure. And I don't have time to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I still do it, right? But like, I appreciate it when you're like, all right, I'm tired, I need some time. Or I really need to go to the gym because I need to clear my head. Um, and so that way I'm not guessing how you're feeling, you're already telling me ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And that, that helps me. Uh, yeah. And also that gives me the liberty to say that about myself, right? Like, so, yeah. Any follow-ups? Bonus question, because there's never enough questions. <laughs> Okay, so knowing what you know now, what will you change in terms of anything, right? In terms of the support we have set up earlier on career decisions, financial decisions, how postpartum has been, yeah. anything. Yeah, two things come to mind. I think as a parent and going into the decision to have kids and postpartum planning, yeah, we can talk about this in the future, but something we... I think we could have talked about or been more clear about was what our plan was for daycare after parental leave, time off. And, you know, I, I'll say that my experience was I have always assumed that we would look for daycare and, and, you know, that process had some ups and downs. Honestly, that's the only thing I'd really consider. And we tried to look at a few things before our daughter was born, but you don't know your daughter, they have personality. You don't know your own changes that will happen. And so, you know, visiting a place six months ahead of enrolling and then deciding that this is going to be the place is may work for some people. It, it probably, we should have realized earlier that it probably wouldn't have worked for us. Uh, and so just talking through that a little bit more and all the planning that's going with that, right? So daycare is one of the biggest expenses. Um, and, you know, we're deciding to work with the nanny and that bigger expense. <laughs> so it changes things and that we probably could have thought through that more initially or considered the range of possibility. Yeah. And as the, I guess, non, non-primary caregiver. Non-birthing parent. Non-birthing parent. <laughs> um, you know, that's something you can take the lead on. Um, things like finding a pediatrician, finding um, daycare options. Those are things that you can do as the non-birthing parent. Um, but you have to talk to your partner and, and make sure you're on the same page. So one thing I would have done differently. Um, and then in terms of career, just, yeah, take bigger risks earlier. Like I said, I've had a stable job and that's been a really good benefit for flexibility. You don't realize how, how much time you waste. <laughs> 
when you don't have time to waste anymore. And so if you're not sure you want to move somewhere or try a different job or um, whatever it is, do entrepreneurship, you know, yeah, consider it early, do it early. Um, Cause there will be time when that is not a choice that you have in front of you. Um, and that's not exactly where we are right now. None of us, our approach is that we want us for our, each other to feel supported in, in their career decisions. Um, but I know physically adding a job search on top of whatever a day-to-day looks like is mentally daunting, if not physically impossible. <laughs> so that, those are the two things that come to mind. So yeah, career, take risks early, uh, make the big decisions, and then think about not just the three months after birth, but what the day-to-day will look like. Um, beyond. Yeah. For me, what would I do different? Um, I guess just to answer actually your about like the childcare piece. Um, so before having our baby or before even thinking about children, I wasn't thinking that I would want to ever stay home. Like for me, that wasn't even a thing that I was thinking. Nope. I was like, I'm going to go back to work because I'm a career woman. <laughs> um, but it has nothing to do with that once you have a kid. Like, it doesn't mean that you don't care about your career or you don't want to have adult intellectual conversations or like talk about other things besides bottles and strollers. Um, but when you have a kid, you just see that how much they need you and how much attuned you are to their need that you start to think that like no daycare is ever going to match that or no nanny is ever going to match that. And so at least that's what I was thinking. And also... Oh, that's what I'm thinking, right? So, so I think I didn't know that that was going to be something that I would needed that I need I or that I I was going to struggle with. I was going to struggle with putting our baby in daycare, um, and just leave her in the care of strangers. Um, and I understand that there's some parents there's no other choice, but I guess I figure we do have a choice, and so maybe. It is a financial sacrifice. It is expensive, um, but um, but I, I was not ready to leave her, uh, to separate that much from her. To your point, I think that was good about if, if you don't know what you don't know, then like try to explore the different options and try to figure out financially what the, the impact will be. I guess for me, what would I change? And this is something that we've been kind of still, we're still in conversation about this, is how close we want to be with family. Right now, we're not that far away from my family. We're like an hour with traffic, DC traffic. But I think live, living closer to my parents, particularly my mom, early on would have been a lot, a lot of help. And so, similar to you, where you said, choose your, do like your career, take those risks early on. Like I would say, as you're preparing or during pregnancy or early on. I've, I've heard this from people, but it doesn't register until you go through it. Like move close to family, especially that family is willing to help. But I think we weren't sure, right? We weren't sure how much of families or, or my family was able, was going to be able to help. Um, so we did the best we could with, with like the information we had at that time. But I think knowing what I know now and seeing how much my mom has been supportive and helpful. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think it probably would have been a good decision to move closer to her before we had the baby. That comes to mind. 
and then other things uh, I would say like if you can plan for financially uh, being able to take more time than whatever your job allows you to take so for example my job gave us or gave me 16 weeks um, and I was able to take more time than that because we had the savings to do that but it was more because we're like savers <laughs> than actually planning and so like if I if I know what I knew then what I would have done actually I would have planned for a whole year where I could have just been like okay so I get my 16 weeks and then I'm just going to try to save money so I can take the rest of the year off for her um I think that would have been my ideal scenario and also I would recommend people explore if your job um, allows you to take a leave of absence because my job did but because I wasn't prepared financially to take more than what I did, I ended up taking like another six, I think it was another six weeks, another, uh, another yeah, another six weeks for a total of what, like 16, six, 22, around six months. six months total. Yeah. So it was six months total. So I, I, I could financially go like two additional months without feeling like a little scared <laughs> financially and without feeling like, oh my gosh, this is going to take such a big head in my career. But I think now know what I know now I would have said all right I'm gonna take my 16 weeks and then plan have my savings for the rest of the that her first year and ask for that leave of absence because you know I read the HR policy and the HR policy does allow me to take that long yeah and then it would have been uh, a much easier well I don't know how easier but uh, I think emotionally more stable maybe than I was particularly during the transition period back to work so yeah and I just add to that if you do have a job where you have Pay time off or leave, you can save, save as much as you can without losing your sanity. This is more for dads or non-birthing parents out there. But I know last year I purposely tried to bank as much for this year as I could, because if you take an hour here, you take an hour there, you don't want to be counting your vacation time if that's, if, if you have that option, right. On top of the unpaid leave also if you can. Yeah. All right. That's it. Uh, oh, yeah. Follow us. Yeah. Just looking at Natalie's question. Natalie says she reflects it all a lot. Um, there are no questions about joy or happiness <laughs> in, in this list of questions. It's so, and what? Et cetera. And, uh, yeah, right. Part of that. Well, well, you asked the question and you put a positive spin to it. But yeah, I, I was just going to ask, what are the moments of unexpected joy um, you've had in the past six, seven months? Uh, unexpected joy. Um, I think there have been several mul or multiple moments. Um, sometimes it's in the middle of the night um, when she nurses and she just shows affection. Most recently, like I enjoy my mornings with her. Uh, I'm not a morning person. I guess only my baby has made me a morning person. Um, but I, I'm enjoying the mornings with her, so I enjoy, uh, not the waking up, but I enjoy <laughs> um, getting her ready, doing her hair in the morning, like going on a walk for her, going on a walk with her, and then we kind of go to a park and um, have, when I say breakfast outside, like take her food, her bottle, you know, and we just kind of enjoy the day when the weather's nice. Um, I enjoy watching her see the world. Like today we went to this park and we saw... Um, a bunch of geese just crossing the street and like 
both lanes of the car just had to stop and, and let the geese like cross the street. And she was kind of mesmerized watching the geese. I think it was the first time she saw geese. And so just like little moments like that, I have enjoyed watching her personality, what makes her laugh, what makes her angry for some reason also makes me like laugh because she, her as a baby, she has not been trained to withhold her anger, withhold her emotions, right? Like we train kids to do that. The older they get, she just can't lash out, right? But by watching like what frustrates her, it's uh, interesting. I don't want to say it's like makes it makes me it brings me joy, but it's just interesting. Like I'm, and I, I always kind of knew that that I will enjoy getting to know her. Other moments have been with my mom, watching my mom and her, and that has been very some emotional moments there too. Just like seeing her and my mom telling me like how some moments with my daughter reminds her of moments with me when I was little. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of joy for sure. Yeah, you're right. I didn't ask a lot. Of just... <laughs> I don't know when I wrote these questions, by the way. So I think it was in my, it's my mental state at that moment. But yeah, there's been a lot of joy. Uh, having a baby definitely brings a lot of joy to the family, particularly the grandparents. Uh, yeah. Oh, the other one is with your dad, right? When he read to her and he's just a very animated reader. Yeah. I was engaged in the story as well. So yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, I have enjoyed just watching her yeah, experience things in general and specifically, you know, we started her on solid feuds a, a month or so ago. And she really loves eating corn and just watching her eat corn on the cob is, uh, I've never seen someone throw their whole body into one, one task with such animation. Yeah. I could watch that a lot, but just the whole experience of seeing her experience, um, new things and, and food in particular is, is fun, but yeah, unexpectedly just finding what makes her smile and, you know, spinning her around or throwing her up in the air and she, you know, smiles with her whole mouth open and her whole face. And yeah, that's just awesome. Kind of like an instant. Okay. You know, we can. <laughs> I'll live another day. This is worth it. Um, yeah. Things are going to be okay. So, yeah. 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 Okay. And then a positive note. Thank you, Mickey. <laughs> I don't know why all my questions are in a negative. Thought. Anyway, right. Well, um, thank you. I know this is last minute. Sure. I think our baby's waking up soon. I'm watching her on the monitor. Yeah, so I would love to do a postpartum one where we talk about how we prepare for postpartum and sort of what worked, what didn't work. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Are you a small business looking to expand your digital footprint? Are you a small business looking to reach more of the Peruvian diaspora in the United States? Consider sponsoring an episode of Peruvians of USA. Peruvians of USA has launched its first sponsorship program. If you're interested, please visit peruviansofusa.com slash sponsors or send us a message on Instagram.
Thank you for listening to Peruvian CPUSA. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvian CPUSA. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. All right, talk to you soon. Ciao.